Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, thank you so much for joining hey us once again. So happy to be here. He's always happy to be here. If you can't see, he always has a smile on his face. So, Josiah, we have a special friend and guest with us today. Would you be willing to introduce who that person is? You got it. And I don't know if you can hear a smile, but I am smiling because we're with our friend, <laughs> Manny Flores, we're here in season three, and today our guest is Manny. Manny's the young adult pastor at Wilmer Assembly of God Church in Minnesota. Young adults at Wilmer AG are college students as well as young professionals. And so, Manny, we just want to say thanks for being here, for making the drive to Minneapolis, and for being with our audience today. Glad to be here. What can I say? Well, we're so glad that you are here, and welcome to season three, all of you listeners. We are tuning in and just starting a brand new season where we just get to hear from you. Hopefully you can take some tidbits away from what our guest has to share with you today about being a pastor, a young adult ministry, a rural setting, and everything in between. So, Manny, we're just going to kick off right away, and we're going to ask you to share your story with our audience today, probably from like a bird's eye view. Sure. The quick version. Yeah. Awesome. Made perfect. Yeah. All right. So a little bit about me is I actually went to school for music education. So I went to North Central University to be a music teacher. That was... Fun fact. Fun fact. That was my goal in life. And it was never a well-thought-out goal. Uh, it was just something that I was good at music, and my mom always wanted me to be a teacher. So I was like, teach music, right? Uh, after doing that, realized it wasn't for me. So moved home, kind of lived two or three years without any real purpose, just kind of going around, not really knowing what to do. Um, And then I was working for a lawn care company one day and I was mowing and it was a long day and I realized there's gotta be more to my life than this. So just out of maybe just the obedience of God or him guiding, like guiding me in that moment, I texted uh, our youth pastor, Aaron, um, and just said, hey, can we get coffee or lunch one of these days and just talk about what an internship or something would look like. Like, I'm just tired of, of my life right now. Um, and he said, sure, we got coffee. And then I think a few weeks later, I started interning at the church and haven't stopped since. So that's that's my story in a nutshell. That's amazing. And <laughs> I know our friendship began through a guy named Mike Kerstetter. Yeah. Mike and, uh, Mike and I go back. We've known each other we're about the same age grew up kind of in church together there was a gap in our storyline and he ended up marrying one of our friends Emily and I remember one day Mike was like hey you know what there's this guy Manny doing young adults in Wilmer you guys need to know each other yeah group texted us and we just (laughs) hit it off and so I know I know that's where our story picked up but for those who are listening in you started with an internship at the church yeah can you tell us about your city your church, and then how young adult ministry got started there. Yeah, so first off, Mike Kersitter, what a good dude. Hey, if you're listening, Mike. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he will. Uh, <laughs> but his dad is my boss, so it's it's really fun. I never, uh, I graduated with Mike's older brother, Sam, and uh, we made a joke the other day. I said, Sam, did you ever imagine that you'd be working for this person when you, when you graduated? And he's like, no, I never did. And then his dad, Pastor Keith, was like, did you ever say, 
I want to work for Sam's dad when I grow up. <laughs> and I said, no, absolutely not. Last thing in my mind. Um, but yeah, so our church, our Wil- uh, city of Wilmer is uh, about 20,000 people. So not that big. We have a lot of smaller rural communities around us as well. Um, but that still doesn't add a whole lot of population to our area. So uh, 20,000 people, there's a, there is a, there's two Starbucks and, a, and two Caribou's. Praise God. Yeah, and a bunch of other coffee shops. Um, but then we also have a small community college um, on the north side of town. Um, but our church is, uh, for the area, it's a relatively big church, probably about 1,000 people. And awesome. then, um, yeah, that's that's all over the place. with with That's kids to old people and everything in between. So um, nice, healthy church, I like to say, and, and just people who love God and, and are there for the right reasons. And so it's kind of west central Minnesota, you would say. It is. It's in the middle of nowhere. So if you drive two hours west of Minneapolis, once you think you're lost, it's probably where you're you're there. Yeah. (laughs) Just when you're lost, you've been found. (laughs) Yes, exactly. There's a lot of little towns from here and there, but um, that's the best way to describe it. When we go anywhere, you're like, oh, we're from Minnesota. What part? Two hours west of Minneapolis. Yeah. You're like, okay. And so a little bit more of a rural setting, and I know we have a lot of listeners who are attending rural churches or living in a rural suburb or living in a rural area. And go there, how did Young Adult Ministry get started at Wilmer AG? That's a good question. The funny way to describe it is uh, there was a group of like maybe eight of us that were gathering every maybe a couple times a week, just hanging out, um, watching movies, doing whatever in Pastor Aaron's house. Um, because his sister at the time was living there, and we just went there because because his wife is an excellent excellent host. So there's always snacks and everything. So we ended up at Aaron's house, um, and he just approached me one day and he said, "Hey, how would you feel about starting a young adult ministry and not doing it at my house?" <laughs> and uh, that's the that's the that's the funny way, but that's really, the yeah, that's the unfiltered version. But really, I think the um, the heart of it came out of Pastor Keith. Um, I think he saw his kids growing up, getting into that age, mm-hmm. you know, and he knew that that as a church we were missing something for them. None of his kids were in the area, um, but he, you know, with Mike being at Cedar Valley and stuff with you guys, he saw um, this is a need. This is something that, that other churches are doing and, and we should do too. So it kind of started from there, and I just I got lucky enough to get picked because of, of my situation already with Pastor Aaron. That's amazing. It sounds like it started very organic. Yeah, an for organic sure. Organic kind of grassroots. Yeah. Couple of friends getting together, not knowing what to do, not knowing, you know, mm-hmm. what's next. But like, <clears throat> hey, let's gather together and just really hang out and just build a community. I think that's where everything starts: is recognizing the need, the need for community, the need for friendship, the need to discover the next and enjoy the now. So, um, we know that we've worked with a lot of individuals in youth ministry. And, but also young adult ministry. And one thing that people or parents don't recognize, or maybe even lead pastors don't recognize until their student, like you just said, is in that age bracket being like, mm-hmm. okay, we've taught them as well as we could from birth to 18. Now they're on their own. Where do we send them? What does that mean to get connected to a church? Mm-hmm. They're you know, halfway across the state or halfway across the country or halfway maybe across the world. Are they getting plugged in? Is, and is there anything special for them to be a part of with young adult ministry instead of choosing the world's you know, 
route that you could potentially yeah, take sure. any road that way. So we know the significance of adulting and transitioning. But Mandy, could you go there and just kind of explain to the audience what model of young adult ministry have you discovered or do you use in Wilmer to reach your community specifically that maybe could be helpful for the listener today? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, just uh, we talked about this, where totally. at, at the root of, of mini- any ministry, really, like it's all about connection yeah. mm-hmm. and getting people connected, like you were saying. And so for our our ministry in Wilmer, it was connections. Like we need to find a way to make as many connections, as many strong connections as possible and figure out how to make those go past Sundays, go past, we do our services on Monday. So how can we get that past just those times that you're together? Cause there's so many hours in the, in the week that if you don't have friends or, or if you're not involved somewhere, um, the week gets really long. Right. And so I would say a majority of our students or our, our, our young adults, I say students mm-hmm. a lot because yeah. I'm used to it. <laughs> but a majority of our people are, are young adults who have gone to college and then maybe moved back to go to Ridgewater or maybe they finished college or they got a job in Wilmer. You know, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. coming back. Yep. And so you come back and, and it's only a small portion of you guys and from your grade. And so you're left with this huge vacuum of friends. Like you don't have anyone where five years ago you would have had, you know, pick whoever, call whoever up and you'd be able to hang out with them. But now there's no one there. And we don't, I mean, Wilmer is a unique town where we don't have a bowling alley or movie theater is, is, um, not the greatest let's just say that way so there's really not a lot to do in the town other than you know go to the bar or if you know someone go to their house um so we just knew right off the bat like we need to put on events we need to promote and just say like hey we're not gonna have services every time but we're gonna hang out we're gonna play games we're gonna watch movies do whatever um and really just build strong relationships with people right and so that that's what i would say our model is like on a monday we have you know, you know, fellowship time, we have a service and then we have more fellowship time after. So that's a more like practical, like what you would see on a Sunday morning. Um, but throughout the week, you know, we're having connection points or we'll have little pop-up parties or, or we encourage some of our leaders to like, Hey, why don't you invite a couple people to coffee and go get coffee afterwards? Mm -hmm. Um, but really it's just as much time you can hang out with them, you can spend with them the stronger relationships you can build with them, then right. that's the best thing we could do for them. Right. It's just creating opportunities for young adults to tons, tons and Tons and tons of opportunities, yeah. So, so, Manny, here's a question for you that Josiah and I have recognized in ministry and just want to hear your insight in that smaller setting. How have you or how do you, this is kind of off script, but how do you allow them to develop friendships if the leadership of organization you know, of organizing those events was removed. Are they still gathering together outside of, I'm gonna be there because Manny's there. I'm gonna be there because so-and-so's there. Yeah. Like if you were to remove you from the equation, how or do, is that community still being built without mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. present? Yeah, I think for the first chunk of time, it wasn't. Right. I think it was it was mainly on our shoulders yeah. as, as the leaders to facilitate and to make connections and stuff, um, but I think if you look at any type of leadership book or anything, they say that that's not sustainable. Right. Right. There's only a finite amount of people that you can connect with on a weekly basis. And so 
that's kind of when we started bringing in a leadership team and, and making it very intentional. Like, hey, I'm not going to be able to connect with everybody, so I need you to. I need you to. And and the trick is, when you feel like you're getting overwhelmed or you have too many people, like you got to find someone else that you're going to do the same thing with. Someone that mm-hmm. you're going to bring with. Like, who are you bringing with on? anything you do Mm -hmm. so that's kind of spilled over into everything that we do like our you know we do food on a monday so our cafe team we say who are you gonna bring with like just have someone come into the cafe and serve pop with you like that little little act of asking them makes them feel included but then they also take ownership over it and then they kind of feel like oh i'm part of this ministry i'm not just coming here but i'm a part of what it's doing part of getting people connected and you just keep growing your capacity grows with right. the more people you have. So it took time for sure. I think you're right. I think it totally takes time because relationships aren't forged overnight. It's over right. time. And mm-hmm. I think young adult ministry is actually one of the most relational ministry styles. Because oh, for sure. college students, they're longing for relationships. They're longing for connections. Like you said, same with young professionals or you move off of a college campus and it's kind of like I used to have family yeah. mm-hmm. and then I went to college. I used to have a dorm floor and community built in and now I'm working 30 yeah. plus hours a week and commuting maybe five, 10 hours a week and there's very little time left over and where do I find those relationships, right. those friends who share my values and stuff like that. So let me ask you this, Manny. How have you helped young adults catch a vision for the larger, larger body of believers on a Sunday through serving, volunteering, and attending? Because here's what I tell our college students and our young adults. What I've always said is that if you are a part of, say, Chi Alpha, or you're a part of a young adult ministry for four years, mm-hmm. and you never connect with the larger church body, I've failed you. Yeah. Because you were a part of a parachurch ministry or you were mm-hmm. a part of a ministry, but you never, now you're crippled and stunted in your spiritual growth of learning how to feed yourself, learning how to connect with Christ's bride, the body of Christ through the local church. So how have you helped your young adults who come on a Monday night, maybe they're a part of a small group, how have you also helped them catch the importance of the larger church, the intergenerational community? Um. That's a good question. I think the first way would probably be just from the platform, like announcing or showing how important it is for them to be connected. I think you can, you'll have to model it and show them as well, but but at least telling them mm-hmm. like, hey, why don't you come join us on Sunday? If you have someone new, you know, come join us on Sunday. This is when we have services. This is where I'll be. I'll be ready to, to hang out with you, be able to sit with you. Um, but I think that's really important, but also just bringing them with to other things that we do. So our church puts on other events. And so, you know, we have a women's event coming up in March. So we're announcing it to our young adults. We're not trying to isolate, like our young adults can only go to young adult events, but we're saying, Hey, here's an event for all the women. So good. And it's, you just, you need to go get a group of you guys going and go and, and most likely because of, of our number of people, you know, someone that goes in the group is going to know an older woman or, you know, an older guy <laughs> in the event. Um, so we just do it that way. We just, you know, we invite them to come to anything that we're doing on a church basis um, and let them know, like, you don't have to just come on a Monday. You can come on Sunday 
or um, I think the harder part is for the longest time we didn't have small groups at our church. So we had a, a large number of young adults who were, you know, young parents mm-hmm. who just couldn't come on a Monday because of bedtimes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but now that we have small groups, we just push them there. We're yep. like, all right, well, here are the three small groups that young adults are leading, you know, or the four small groups. And so great. Sign up for one of those. I think you'll you'll really enjoy them. And we were fortunate that we had, you know, a young married couple, young married couple with kids, and then a single woman lead one last semester. Amazing. So we just... Anyone came like, hey, we want to get plugged in. We're like, all right, your parents, this would be a great small group for you. Or you're just married, this would be a great small group. So just, you know, giving them any and every opportunity to see, to be plugged in, you know, outside of outside of a Monday. I think that's perfect to recognize that young adults are in different stages of life, yep. even though yeah. they are the same age. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we look at ages and stages, but it's like, well, a 24-year-old could be married with two kids by then, or they exactly. could be single as a bird until they're 30, you know? So mm-hmm. to really help them recognize and to um, let them know that you can get plugged in here and we have something specifically catered to you. And as you grow, you can continue to grow in and with the church as well. Yeah. And I think that's the trick is you got to know that a 30-year-old can be in six different stages of their life, like different exactly. different areas. So one thing we do is is we pray. I mean, as as cliche as that is, but we're like, if we have a, a 20-something-year-old and, and they want to get plugged in, but there's nothing else or there's nothing that they're specifically looking for, then we just pray like, God, please bring someone into their life or start, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we pray that, that you know, say we have a single lady who just wants to get in a small group, but we don't have any. We're like, God, we just pray that that happens or that mm-hmm. shows up somehow. And I think God hears that and he honors that and blesses us with whatever it is that we need in that moment. Um, but it's just being aware of the need mm-hmm. and praying for that need, I think. Well, and something that we've talked about just for a second is starting things. And something is so much better than nothing. And we talked even before we pressed record on the interview, we were talking about how something's better than nothing. (laughs) And um, I found it to be true. Like when there was no young adult ministry at Cedar Valley Church, we had to start somewhere. We had to start with someone Mm -hmm. and we had to start with a core group of four and then 12 and then it was more. But just praying together, getting people together and starting those relationships Mm -hmm. and building something together. And I think more recently, Micah and I, launching a Chi Alpha ministry on a college campus, we went from a more established young adult ministry where there was, you know, at times a couple hundred people and there was more of a model for us of ministry of teaching mm-hmm. and preaching mm-hmm. and presenting from a stage and a platform back to a model of, hey, this is a smaller group and we're going to move and shift out of preacher mode and into facilitator mode because every voice matters. Yeah, All of us is smarter than one of us and engaging each heart, each head, each mind, each hand was more feasible even through um, like facilitating. One of the tools we put in our tool belt was called Think, Pair, Share, where there's a group of 12 of us. Mm-hmm. We're gonna ask a question and encourage each person to think, then pair up and then share He's going to sneeze. Oh, or cough. He's a cough. I'm sorry. I'll try to edit that out. Oh, I felt it coming. I thought I could make it through. <laughs> I thought he was crying. <laughs> he got emotional. Think fair share. <laughs> but 
each person would think mm. and then they'd pair up with somebody right. and share that idea and then they'd share out loud. You know, it gave each person a voice. Yeah, right. that's awesome. So we had to take what we knew from a stage presence, more of like the table talk, facilitating yeah. circles instead of rows. And there's been studies done on that, the more effective and the settings and everything like that. So Manny, have you seen anything where you guys have maybe experience similar things of like the teaching, the preaching, the think, pair, share, um, because we do have a lot of different individuals who are, we're all wired different. We have mm -hmm. introverts, we have extroverts, we have internal processors, we have the verbal processors, we have, yeah. you know, the hijackers in the conversation and then one yes. that unfortunately can't even share their name, you know? Right, right. So how have you um, as a leader been able to facilitate the different dynamics whether it's personalities mm -hmm. or age in those different settings. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think at first when we weren't doing small groups, I mean, small groups has just opened up a whole new level of what we yeah. can do. Like yeah. if, if you're a church, you need, to, you need to figure out how you can do small groups and, and focus as a leader, focus on young adult small groups because those are great opportunities for growth. Um, but on our services, on our on our worship experiences, um, we just tried to sprinkle that stuff in randomly. So, and get different perspectives on the night. So we would have extroverts, we'd have introverts, and they're all part of our leadership team. And we would ask them like, you know, out of every element of our service from 6.30 all the way to nine o'clock, where do you love it? Where do you hate it? How can we improve? What does it need to change? Um, and so one of the things that we said, one of our one of our Shire people, those introverts said was that coming for the first time was really intimidating. You know, walking into the room, this is giant room, like there's a bunch of tables, people sitting and eating and talking, like that was very intimidating for them. To me, that's like a play day. Like I love walking <laughs> into a room like that. So there's there's that thought had never crossed my mind. But now that we know that, now we know how intimidating that is, yep. then we go and we say, all right, then we need people who are greeting mm -hmm. right away in the mm -hmm. beginning, you know, like, and not being overbearing, but just saying, hey, nice to see you. Or, you know, if you know that they're new, connect, make a relationship, um, and then go introduce them to someone else. Um, so that was a huge thing, like just figuring out, like, you know, that's someone that's shy is going to have a hard time walking in the room. Right. Um, at the same time, we, you know, we have people in our services who are probably um, more biblically literate than I am, you know, so they know way more about the Bible, way more about, about what I'm preaching on. And so to them, they're kind of like, well, he's not nearly digging in as much as he could or whatever. Um, and so it's just kind of understanding that as a whole on a Monday, our goal is to get people connected. We're not trying to, to you know, learn about creation to the very molecular level or anything like that. Um, that's next week. Yeah, no, that's next. Kidding. Yeah, that's we do that in a small group. Dr. Tennyson. Yeah, that, that'll be a great episode. But it's just the thought that, you know, what, so what we did on, with our preaching was we wanted to be at this level. We wanted to go deep, but not too deep that we lost new believers. So then we started incorporating small group time afterwards. Yeah. Um, just randomly, you know, we'd pose a couple questions, you know, like, what do you do to sit in silence, get together with people and, and talk about it? Mm -hmm. um, and you're gonna have those groups that like stay the whole night and just talk about it and just connect the whole time. And, and then you'll also have people who, as soon as you say you, they can go, they leave. 
Right. Um, so the prayer is, is as we're doing this, we're just praying like, we hope that there's good connection. Right. We hope that at least if their conversation is short, they get something out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's all over the place. You gotta right. incorporate as much as you can, like we were saying earlier, to be able to have people connected and have people gain something from the night. Right. So I have a random question. This is kind of off script once again. I don't know why. I'm just full of them today. Bring them. Um, Manny, we, so Josiah and I, we have a lot of conversations as we never want our young adults, this is our vision, not everybody's, mm-hmm. but we don't want our young adults to feel like this form of young adult ministry is youth 2.0. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you, how do you, reach those young adults if they've been a part of youth group and they have that comparison mindset of like where's the game where's gaga ball where's mm-hmm. this like how do you how do you engage <laughs> the 30 year old and the 18 year old yeah and not make it feel youth 2.0 but mm-hmm. calling them out and calling them up to you know just the the greater person that god's called them to be in a setting with such dynamic <laughs> age ranges yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a that's a really hard question. I don't know if we've actually ever thought it through, but I feel like we challenge our young adults a lot. So at the end of at the end of the message there's always a challenge like this is, you know, this is what it is or or whatever and um the other thing we do is we just let them in on the vision. Like mm-hmm. this is what we're shooting for this mm-hmm. year. You know, maybe mm-hmm. some pastors do that with their youth, but um for example, this year we're like Hey, you know, we want you to um, to have the best year possible, but like not in the sense of you get the promotion, you get the job, you get the the wedding that you want or whatever. Like we want this to be a year where you grow in your faith, you grow in your mm-hmm. ability to share your faith, you grow in all these different aspects that, you know, when you leave from here, will hopefully, if you leave from here, will hopefully set you up to be a successful Christian ambassador mm-hmm. for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't shy away from from certain topics like I don't know I can't think of anything right now but you know we just did a relationship series and we basically we talked about how like people get offended very easily so you know how do you not get offended so we talked about that kind of stuff and um, talked about different types of relationships from Dr. Henry Cloud and Mm -hmm. um, you know just I think where youth group you can only go so deep um, can only challenge so much. Like we're constantly challenged. We're constantly pushing because they're adults. Like yeah. at this point, they need mm-hmm. to stand up on their own two feet and right. their faith needs to become their faith. Hopefully most of them have had that in youth group. Um, but then for the ones that we know have had youth group experience and, you know, we don't want it to be a youth group 2.0, we get them to volunteer. Like, you know, you've you know church, you know God, right. now you need to let God be known to other people around you. Now they have an opportunity to serve that vision that you've been yeah. able to cast, and yeah. their buy-in goes up, mm-hmm. and then they, they find significance, like, yep, there's my place, I got right. my place. You know, it's like, just, this is what it means to be a Christian. It's yep. not coming to youth group, it's actually maybe praying with someone after service right. that, you know, praying something bold that I've never prayed before because they shared something with me or whatever. Yeah, stepping out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Well, and I know a few years ago, <clears throat> Wilmer Church, uh, Wilmer Assembly of God Church, where you're at, took a bold step of faith to engage young adults and started the young adult ministry. You're a part of that story. And then at the same time, I know that 
I think in one of our conversations, you shared with me that like within a couple years, like four other churches in your city or mm-hmm. in your area in rural Minnesota started up young adult ministries as well. And it's it's amazing it's awesome. to see that. And we're seeing kind of widespread both mm-hmm. in Minnesota and beyond nationally that there are a lot of churches that this missing generation of 18 to 30 year olds, whether they're millennials or Generation Z or someday the generation after that, um, churches are wanting to lean into that and pastors are wanting to see this demographic engaged with the gospel and engaged in their church in every setting. And so what would you tell, maybe it's a pastor, maybe it's a board member, maybe it's a church member, mm-hmm. who maybe it's a parent, or it might be a young adult themselves, but they're in a small town, right? They're in a rural setting and there's a heartbeat, there's a passion to do something because there's nothing happening right now, but they want there to be something where would a great starting point be for that individual or what what would you share with them a few years into this journey yeah um well if you have that individual that person that wants to champion it i mean i think you wrote a little article on this not too long ago where you have to start with prayer right so you got to pray you got to figure out if it actually is the way you need to go and um from there i think honestly it's Every church is going to be different, and what works is going to be totally different. Some churches, uh, some of the young adult ministries in our in our area, um, they do small groups. Yep. So like they meet Sunday during you know they have a Sunday school, so they have a young adult Sunday school essentially, and that works great for them. We have another church where they or another another young adult ministry where they have special speakers come in every week. They have a new speaker, and then mm-hmm. based on whatever they share about, they break up for about forty five minutes into into groups and just talk or whatever. Um, and then you have us who we do worship and, and a sermon and stuff. Um, and there's a couple other groups that do the similar similar features, but um, you just have to figure out what's going to work. You got to try different models and, and just see. And if something's not working, then communicate that to your people and say, you know, we thought that this would work or, or you know, we just want to shift to this way and, and have a purpose for your shift. Obviously, you know, if you have small groups and it's going really, really well, but you want to shift to, you know, these big elaborate services you know, you have to have a reason why. Don't just do it because you saw another church doing it. Right. So good. You got to do it because you think that the the voice of God is leading you that way. But yeah, I think just trying, trying, you know, that's one of the biggest things you can do. Don't, I don't want to say don't overthink it, but, you know, pray it through and then just start seeing what works and what sticks. I think that's so good. I'd echo everything you just said, Manny, and I'd add on to it. Look at who has God brought you? Yeah. You know, if you're that pastor or you're that leader in a in a rural church setting, who has God brought? Has God brought some people who are musically inclined? Could could they be a part of worship team? Could they be a part of an intergenerational mm-hmm. Sunday service, but incorporating young adults into that? And I look at has God brought people who are leaders? Okay. Can you challenge them like like Manny's talking about, like Pastor Manny's saying, can you challenge them to find people to feed them to fight for them to build a community and to start relationships Mm -hmm. and if god's brought you know people who are more introverted okay 
can there be a board game night? You know, I'm not necessarily going to yeah. say, okay, it's a group of introverts. You're, you're assigned to <laughs> Here's the introverts, here's the extroverts, yeah. It's, it's like if it's a group of introverts or, you know, okay, I'm not going to force them to be ushers and greeters or door yeah. holders and right. welcome people in, but what gifts has God brought and established already? And if it's for young adults, can they have relationships with each other? Can they mm-hmm. each bring one? That sounds like a great small group right there. Do you mm-hmm. have Sunday school at your church? Can there be one leader who's passionate about leading mm-hmm. a young adult Sunday school? And I think you said it right, that there's not one silver bullet. Right. There's not one magic wand, wave it, and now this young adult ministry works at every setting. But I think asking the question and looking within your church of who has God brought and how can you equip those saints for the work of the ministry. Absolutely. Right. I think that's so good because I think we can look and we can categorize people and not know their their skill set or their spiritual gifts or their gift set that God has placed within them, like the creativity. We mm-hmm. have introverts that are just like, they're phenomenal behind a camera. You see that they started an Instagram and you're like, you took those pictures? like. Yeah. Why haven't you offered that to the group? And sometimes it takes us as leaders to recognize something in them, call it out and say, hey, so-and-so, would you be willing to bring your camera to the next event and Mm -hmm. take 300 photos? And we're going to take the best 10 photos. And we want want to use that, you know, and to really just speak life into their skill set and play to their strengths and just, you know, help recognize that. So... Oh, just says nodding. Well, I agree, and I'll add, excited <laughs> nod. I'll, I'll add that, Minnie, you talked about asking people what their experience was, mm-hmm. evaluating mm-hmm. experiences, and just asking young adults, "What do you desire in church? What do you desire on Sundays with services? What mm-hmm. do you need to feel comfortable to bring a friend?" Yeah. What do you want this young adult ministry to look like? Because at the end of the day, this is not my ministry. Mm-hmm. This is right. not our ministry. This is not about us. This is your ministry. And giving them a voice, empowering them, and engaging them that way. Yeah. You have to be growth-minded. You always have to be willing to learn and mm-hmm. always... And that's something I've developed from wanting to be a teacher. You know, you needed to constantly be mm-hmm. learning constantly be be growing in different things right. and so it's it's if you're being you know I, I think I heard um, Rich Wilkerson share like if you're goal minded there's an end to where you're going to achieve but if you're growth minded like there's no telling how far you can go so wow. as a leader you need to be growth minded versus goal minded and just remember I'm always going to be improving this this Ministry is always going to be evolving, whether it's huge growth or huge changes or just little things here and there. Yeah, it takes a confident leader to recognize that too. Yeah, how am I? How have I been leading? What needs to change? How can we do better? What do I need to surrender to God in that process? And Manny, we have confidence in you, and we've reached the part of our little talk today where you have the opportunity to answer oh, five. Man questions in five minutes. The five and five. All right. I so have we to have answer five, five questions? Yes. yes. We're going to ask you five questions. Okay. You have 60 seconds for each. He's sweating now. I'm, for each question. My hands question. start tingling. <laughs> the jitters are real. Here we go. All right. So question number one. Manny, can you describe yourself in five words or less? Yeah. Um, I got 60 seconds. Learner. Uh, adaptable. Uh, relator, 
feel like I'm doing the five strengths here. Uh, okay, energetic you know <laughs> and outgoing. Awesome. That's amazing. Those are my five. That's well amazing. done. Not That's my five strengths, but yeah. And how about this? Students and young people in Minnesota have a passion for missions, whether it's giving, praying, going. Have you guys ever done a, a trip together or sent or served as a ministry, either locally or globally with missions? Yeah, so we've been on two mission trips. We went to Guatemala, to Casa Shalom Orphanage, and then we went to uh, the Dream Center. Both amazing, both relatively easy mission trips. And then um, our church culture is like, we have a strong culture of missions. Totally. So that just being constantly poured into us by our senior pastor um, just kind of ended up flowing out through me. And so um, we've done some offering nights and stuff like that where we had um, a missionary to Cairo come in and share. Wow. And then from there, we we did a series on evangelism and stuff. And, and at the end, we said, all right, now we have this opportunity to give to missions. We're going to give to the team that was just here. Um, so we did that, and that was a really amazing night of, like, holy moly, we were expecting, like, 50 bucks coming in or something, and we ended up with, like, a little over 3000 and just oh my word, boom. Yeah, that is awesome. I think one thing that we, we assume is that young adults are broke and they're paying for college <laughs> or they're paying off loans. They are, but... But in reality, they have a huge heart to give, and mm-hmm. if yes. God says give... Many of them are more than willing to give. And our assumption of, oh, 50 bucks, you know, or whatever yeah, the amount yeah. is, you're like, holy moly is the right thing to say when, whoa, yeah, we are casting the vision. God is speaking to them and they are responding to it. Mm-hmm. And many of them may be called on the next mission trip, whatever that is that you guys are planning. Yeah, so that's the goal. That that's is the fantastic. Goal is to get them on that trip. Well, Manny, we've been kind of grilling you about some questions, but if we, we could flip the script. Are those the five questions? No, no, no. This is, oh. this this is, is question three. This is question okay. three. Yeah. Because we never want to put God in a box. We never want to put you <laughs> in a box. We don't want to put you in a box. Here we go. But if we could flip the script, yeah. Manny, if you could ask Josiah and myself or one of us a question, what would you ask us today? I'm sweating what now. What would I ask you? <laughs> um... We've kept you on your toes. You gotta keep seriously. Us on our toes. I feel like I gotta think of a. I I thought about it a little bit, but I never came down to a good question. So give me a second. Let me think here. There's never a bad question I tell people, or a silly or stupid one. Exactly. I feel like I should go deep and like ask you like, where do you see yourself in in ten years or something with Chi Alpha? But, um, what would you say was the hardest transition from? Cedar Valley to Chi Alpha. Hmm. Do you want to start or do you want me to? I mean, I'll start for sure. Okay. I would say, quite honestly, <clears throat> I grew up at Cedar Valley. Cedar Valley is our home church. It's actually where Mike and I met. I was a youth okay. leader there. Um, I was intern there. I was water baptized there. Um, part of student ministry and then part of launching a young adult ministry. We got married there so much of our family, friends, community, and then our workplace was there as well. And so for me, I felt like everyone knew us and everyone, (laughs) for the most part, my assumption was they loved us. And I I found that to be really true. And so for me, the hardest part was then to go to Normandale Community College to pioneer a brand new ministry where we were anonymous. We were unknown where right. people didn't know what's Chi Alpha and <laughs> Chi Alpha or, or what's T Alpha. And Isn't it XA too? Yeah, what's, yeah. what's XA stand for? Where's the frat house? And, and, 
it's not those things. And so I guess for me, the hardest part was almost like starting over in a sense and loving that and enjoying that and finding beauty in that. That for me was, I felt anonymous. Right. And I think it was so healthy, but it was hard for for me to go through. Yeah. Right. I think I would echo that and just kind of add on what Josiah just said is recognizing <clears throat> that when you were in a church, young adults are essentially coming to you or to mm-hmm. your event. But when you're in the mission field or in-state missions or doing Chi Alpha, you are meeting them at their table. You are going to them. So it's literally stepping totally out of your comfort zone in a sense of every day is a mission trip. Every mm-hmm. day we yeah. live on mission, and there's 15,000 students that are on that campus. So here's our mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll just say something a little different for the listener who may be serving in ministry <clears throat> with your future spouse, or maybe you desire to do ministry with your future spouse today or someday if you're single listening. And I think for Josiah and I, it probably wasn't the most challenging transition, but it was definitely um, understanding Um, each other's gift set, each other's leadership style, and understanding how do we lead alongside each other without competing, without bumping each other off the side of the road because we're we're going the same direction, Mm -hmm. we're on the same team, we're wearing the same jersey, um, but how do we freely lead together in the gift set and the skill set that we have while empowering the other person without making them feel inferior. Mm -hmm. So I think my biggest thing was, okay, Lord, my prayer was, Lord, I want to be in cadence with you. So if you think of like a bike and I think of each one of us represented a pedal. It's like, okay, we need to be in cadence with what God is doing. We need to be in cadence with each other. And we need to have that open line of communication and discover what does that mean? Because we had I was only a volunteer with Josiah when it came to young adult ministry and never a full-on, you know, ministry partner where we're both doing the exact same thing in different ways. So he was overseas men, I oversee the women's side. But I think for anybody listening, if you want to do ministry with your partner or your future partner someday, recognize that you are different and you can play on the same team and you can not be a ball hog, and you can understand the <laughs> cadence and the rhythm that so God is calling you to. So I think that was a big transition for us, um, and not in like a bad way, but just recognizing along the way of like, oh, we're on the same team. Why am I feeling this? Oh, we're not in cadence with each other. Yeah. What is the Holy Spirit speaking? So I think it opened up a whole new level of communication, not in marriage alone, but in ministry, ministry. on top of that. So. That's what my answer would be. Yeah. That might have been two minutes. No. Sorry, yeah. listeners. That's great. <laughs> I feel like that's the case. That has to be the case even if you're not married. If, right. If you're working with people on staff, you know, I feel like our team at, at in Wilmer, we have good rhythm with one another mm-hmm. where we, yep. we kind of know each other's strengths and stuff. So I think... But you don't have to go home to yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> no, you don't have to go home to, you don't have to go home or to them. Or wake up to them, exactly. right? <laughs> Just have to see them the next day. So. Yes, exactly. But, oh, shoot. So more important. <laughs> so jumping back in the five and five, question four out of five. I'm Would ready. Would you be willing to share one of the most epic failures you've ever experienced in your life or in ministry so far? Um, would I be willing? Yes. What would it be? <laughs> uh I don't know. I've there's been so many, so many mistakes that have been made. Um, I think one of the funniest ones, looking back, was we did a Cinco de Mayo festival party, um, 
and I gave out the wrong address oh, no. multiple, multiple times. So we had a lot of people ready to go, ready to come, and I put the wrong address on, and, and people showed up, saw nobody, and left. So that's probably the most, that's the one that I can share the most comfortable with you guys. When we're not airing, I'll, I'll share, <laughs> I'll share an even, I'll share a really bad one that was, yeah. So you unintentionally ghosted a whole party. I did. I, did. I had no idea what I was thinking. Um, either or that or the address was off, like Google Maps didn't take you to the right address or something. So it was just, yeah, it was just a fail of an event. Oh, so, man. but we've all had them. We've, we've all, all had them. That's right. <clears throat> all right, Manny, here's question number five. And we'll wrap up. If you could tell a group of college pastors or young adult ministry leaders something today, what would you leave them with? Um, be you. I think, you know, we're talking about how you need to kind of see what your strengths are and the people around you's strengths and go off that because God has given you specific things, specific tools. Um, and you try, if you try and go do a young adult ministry like, like River Valley or, or whoever, um, if you don't have those tools or those skill sets, you're just going to fail and just be frustrated. So. Mm-hmm. The best thing that you could do is is do what you can do the best, and um, I think that's even something that we've learned as a ministry. You know, like because we're we're in Minnesota and we have a great district or great state, um, we see what other churches are doing, and we're like, oh, we want to do that. Yet we don't have the people or we don't have the the passion for it. So it's kind of like I want to do it. And then you kind of try and do it and you realize you're just hitting a wall. And mm-hmm. so um, hitting that wall so many times can just break you down. And so um, once you just kind of focus on on your gifts and your set of skills, um, it's just so much easier. And then obviously listen to God, obey God. I think he honors our obedience and blesses whatever we do when we're obeying him. Um, yeah, I think that's those are the big things. That's awesome. What an amazing note to leave on, and Manny, we're thankful for you taking the drive two hours east to come (laughs) hang with us today in the studio. Thanks so much for joining us. You guys can find out more about Manny Flores and Wilmer Young Adults when you connect with us on our website, youngadults.today, as well as in the show notes across all social media platforms. But I'd say this, if you are in a rural setting, I would just encourage you, reach out to Manny and, and... any of the podcast guests are willing to be contacted. And so feel free to reach out to them. Feel free to ask questions, drop us a DM or drop them a DM. And we can help each other be resources, exchange ideas. So have a great day. We're with Nanny Flores, Lincoln, and Josiah. And feel free to be you today. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting judged up right now, yeah.